Welcome to Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit? With special guest, Molly Sanchez. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit, the podcast where we discuss the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit one minute at a time. Uh, I am here today, as always, my name is Annie McMullen, and I am joined uh, by the effervescent Chris Blair. I like that adjective. Yeah, I'm working on I'm working on new adjectives. We are joined again by the fantastic Molly Sanchez, uh, writer and director. Did you say director? Comedian? No, comedian. Losing my mind. Losing <laughs> my okay. mind. It's you know what? Life. I'm I'm manifesting for you. I don't know if you want to be a director, but that's the vibe I'm getting. Director vibes from Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'll, so take there it. I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. Also a sketch teacher too. So. Oh yeah, I didn't even know about that part. I know. Well, I know nothing multitudes. about you except for the uh, uh, Veronica Mars thing. So, oh, except for, except for that I had a weird crush as an adult on Logan Eccles. That's what I like to lead with when I meet people. No, I'm I'm extremely charmed. I I'm I'm in. I buy in. Um, yeah, I don't know what there is to say about me. I I I've been an improviser with Chris for a long time. Chris was my like improv sensei. Oh. Uh, you know, was it like a conscious relationship? But somehow Chris was my improv teacher for like many years, like the only improv teacher. He, he would switch which level he was teaching and I would be in that level. Aww, you're like, you're like her Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World. <laughs> yeah. I, and I live on the other side of the fences, Annie, too. Wow. So, <laughs> And also, I think we're the same age. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah and then eventually i did it for long enough that we've gotten to perform together a bit and so uh yeah we've graduated yeah uh, Yeah. from from student to master yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about all that but yeah that's that's me um anywho today we are talking about minute 21 uh of who framed roger rabbit chris what's what's happening where are we in minute 21 Minute 21 begins with Jessica sitting on the table and ends with Eddie listening to the door. We get some really great extra bits from Jessica in this minute, like the tie. Yeah. Um, how, how she just grabs it, pulls into it. She is in such control as she sings this song. Yeah. Like she has everybody in this room just like on the tip of her fingers here. Whew. Yes, it it does feel like she's extremely powerful, and she doesn't know it, or she doesn't know how powerful she is. She's obviously wielding like some power, right? We we talked about that. She she kicks the dude. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she's insulting all of them. It's like a little dominatrix vibe, you know. Mm, uh, yeah, but she, this woman could do more with mm. with her upward <laughs> bouncing boobs you know she could be a captain of industry <laughs> <laughs> a leader of nations <laughs> yeah. this is the last minute of jessica singing kind of sad we get to see the closing moment she just concentrates on eddie at the end i wonder how much she knows if she has like a suspicion mm. that he's there to watch her or if it's just maybe because he's the the least creepy one that she 
kind of is the is the most i guess would say affectionate towards him um she's just concentrating her efforts mm, on him for sure yes well yeah i mean it like if he's definitely the guy who is probably the least likely to interpret misinterpret her attention mm. right like even just from his look or just the fact that he's like he's in such shock and awe that he can't react <laughs> he's paralyzed and she's like you know what this is a safe space because this man uh, is completely incapacitated right right and then from her point of view too though um it behooves her not to outwardly pay too much attention to acme in front of everybody mm. just especially since we know from previous minutes that she's kind of gotten dinged for quote unquote like canoodling with other people so if i'm in her shoes i'm probably really aware of the fact that people are paying attention to who i pay attention to so if you were trying to conceal something potentially you wouldn't go all in on a specific person yeah, absolutely when you look like jessica rabbit <laughs> you're not allowed to have an interaction that doesn't have sexual connotations mm-hmm. yeah yeah that that moment at the end too when she just leans towards eddie like i i thought i always had as a kid it was how much it looked like they were gonna kiss yeah which i would love to see not not for really like plot purposes or anything but i just want to see what it would look like like i bet bob hoskins if anyone can make out with a tune and make it look realistically that's the guy bob i bob hoskins mouth has made mvp already one time and you know frankly i probably would have chosen it again uh but it just feels you know like i've been there done that like he he he, he is he does incredible mouth work that mouth has too many trophies up on the show yeah, it's just like give somebody else a chance, Bob Hoskins' mouth. <laughs> That's probably why they don't kiss. Yeah, it's too much, too powerful. It's too much, yeah. They probably have like a version of it, and Bob Zemeckis was like, "No, no, we gotta, we gotta cut this out. It's the world's not ready." <laughs> Bob Zemeckis, too. I didn't know your friend Bob made this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I usually call him Bobby, but I figured for Bobby Zems. <laughs> Bobby Zems. <laughs> Peace, my buddy. He made Back to the Future. Love Back to the Future from Bobby. Oh, I love that with uh, little Mike. Mike J. Mike. J. Do you think on set? Do you think on set? Uh, Bob Hoskins and Zemeckis were like it was like hey Bobby Zims and it was like hey Hosky B. Like, <laughs> they were just like yes. That's that's I what I so. imagine they were calling each other. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so. And then Spielberg would walk in and they'd both say, oh, hey, Mr. Spielberg, how are you doing? <laughs> Mr. Spielberg. Yeah. Your, uh, your wife's uh, uh, voice was uh, uh, great. We have Eddie stunned here. He's mm-hmm. stunned so long, Acme just leaves. He completely loses his yeah. target here. <laughs> well, I love, I love that shot that's like him stunned in the foreground and you can just see Acme leaving behind him. It's such a, it's such a good like trailing shot it's really great um yeah yeah i also like how when jessica leaves him the light goes away from him and it's such a a beautifully shot thing where it's just like he was bathed in light and now he's completely in the dark it was a great transition the way they use light and shadow 
and the way it interacts with the tunes and the people is just it's so magical and it's like the difference between this movie being amazing and the other movies that have done it poorly (laughs) yeah like space jam (laughs) (laughs) which one exactly oh my god that's honestly the worst thing about being alive right now is you have to specify if you mean the original space (laughs) yeah uh the new one is is hands down the worst movie i've ever seen uh and i saw cats in the theater i think on purpose pick cats over space jam too Having yeah. seen both, I would pick yeah. cats. So my caveat when I talk about cats in the movie is like I I am obsessed with how unhinged it is. Like I I love it because it's it is it's nonsense. There is not one <laughs> choice that if you have like any ability to like reason, you make this choice, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's all just chaotic nonsense. But what I always say when I'm talking about it is like, I don't want you to mistake my enthusiasm for its insanity with um, a recommendation that you should watch it. It's very boring. <laughs> I don't understand how something can be that weird and crazy and also that boring. It's very boring. But it's so weird. Like I've seen the play version of Cats Ooh. and uh, that that was a very boring production. Uh, <laughs> Oh, so you're saying it's true It's true to the source material? It's, it's very true to the source material. <laughs> but there's something about the film version that's just so weird. I feel like I'm Eddie looking at Jessica throughout <laughs> that. It's just like, constant incredulity. That's My so other funny. thing about the Cats movie is like, before I saw it, you know, it kept getting just be- being described as horny. And like, I have heard so many adjectives uh, used to describe like the sexuality of a movie right like they'll say like it's gratuitous or it's like over the top or it's sexy or it's intimate or whatever i had never really heard them use the word horny and so i was like what makes it horny you know like why is it specifically horny and i went to see it and i was like i don't know but they're right it, there's no other way to describe it than supremely uncomfortably horny well, I think that's true to the source material, too, because like in, you know, in this installment of I wasn't allowed to watch grown up movies, so I <laughs> drew conclusions from what I could watch. I do remember watching like the PBS um, Cats. They they had like a, they filmed a performance of Cats and put it on PBS. And I remember watching the dancers and being like, "Uh oh, here, here we go again. <laughs> oh, no. What is this? I think I remember like watching the cats movie before it was the cats movie uh as a little kid and there's a part where like the white cat who's like the dance captain like bends (laughs) that's what they call it in musical theater when it's like the person you're supposed to watch to direct the other dancers by um or like the person you can look to to like if if your rhythm is off you can look to that person they'll all be always be right but anyway the the white cat is the dance captain and she like bent backwards and i remember there was a ballet move where like the other cat like put their hand their little cat paw like down the length of her body and i turned to my friend i was watching it with i'm like you know i think i want to be an actor (laughs) i must be on stage uh for that i want that to happen to me so um yeah welcome back to molly's horny childhood (laughs) 
nobody asked, but everybody gets to hear about it. I'm always here to talk about the horniness of the cats. Mm. Of cats, Thank you so much. You know, um, yeah, I yeah. I love it. I'm obsessed with with how terrible that movie is. Because also, just to make to make what's his face, Sir Ian McKellen lapping milk out of a dish boring yes is i mean the craft so funny you know this man cried during lord of the rings saying this is not what i got into acting for like what (laughs) what is going through his head when he's lapping up milk oh the (laughs) turntable oh jesus God. Right. Anyways, okay. So back to this movie. Back to this movie, uh, which is the opposite of cats. Which is the but opposite. also horny. Yes. Right. Also, that does not does not take yeah. that away from cats. All of the good of cats, with none of the bad. <laughs> so speaking <laughs> speaking of horniness, uh, you know, we talked. To, we we mentioned Eddie's like lingering stare, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and I am so. I'm, I, I think I tend to focus on like Bob Hoskins acting a lot, but I'm just like blown away by it in general. And um, he, it now makes sense that you gave us that fact the last time that like he didn't know what Jessica looks like, right? Because he is having a different reaction from everybody else there. Um, uh, but the depth that he he has in this look, it's so nuanced and there's so much going on. And it is definitely like, he just nails right down the mid- middle, like a perfect balance between like complete shock and disbelief. And if your eyes could have a boner, <laughs> he's like, he is walking that tightrope in the most magical, impressive way. Yeah. Shock and eye boner. Yeah. Could, could you imagine if Bill Murray, and I love Bill Murray, but if he I got this parts, like no. he would not pull off that look. No, no he wouldn't. So. He has like three faces. Yeah, he does have only three faces. Yeah. I just watched the new Ghostbusters like this mm. weekend. Uh, it's cute. But he's in it again, and I couldn't I couldn't stop thinking about how terrible he would have been in, as Eddie Valiant. Yeah, it, it, they made the right choice by <laughs> by going with him, and by the right choice, I mean I guess they had a lot of luck of the other people not not doing it. Right. Um, Just I I think what's what's funny is it's almost like an IMDb drinking game you can play with movies like from this era and into the early '90s of like drink every time the role was for Bill Murray. <laughs> And he didn't. He 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 was considered first for so many other things. None of them are coming to me right now. But he was like everybody's first choice for all of these movies in this era. So, yeah. You know who else would have been a terrible choice? I want to. I want to just recast this movie. Yeah. Like so many ways, and I want to see how bad it is. Right. I, I don't. I there is no better choice than Bob Hoskins. Right. Um, something that I I appreciate about this movie is how seriously everybody takes this very funny, silly movie. And I think Bob Hoskins is a great example of like, I'm going to play this like a noir. I'm going to play this as straight as possible. And so when I break that, it'll be noticeable because I'm being like really straight uh, this whole time. And I really appreciated that. It, It reminds me of how like, I know for certain about myself that if I ever met a Muppet, I would give them respect right away. Like oh, I don't care if I here. physically see the person moving him. I'm like, no, that is Kermit talking. That's my hero. 
I, I, I have to respect them. Yeah, even Animal is going to get my 100% respect. Oh, oh absolutely. Me too. Absolutely. Me too. He, he's an icon. I have a follow-up question about Muppets, though. Like, where do Muppets rank on the horniness scale? Never horny like, are people no, never horny for a Muppet? That's where you draw the line. That is where I, for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you've got to have standards. Listen, I just want to unpack this. <laughs> I mean, like, I can, like, for a bit... Like, if if I had to be attracted to a Muppet, I guess I could say Which potentially. One? Well, either, like, I think cur- I think every relationship I've ever been in, I've always been the Miss Piggy and someone has always been the Kermit because I'm very loud. <laughs> and I tend to see people who are like, don't match that energy as much, but they're it's, charming in their own way. That's so too I much say- of the same energy in one relationship. I'm the same way. I I always get the, like, you know quiet totally so yeah i guess if i had to be attracted to a muppet it would be kermit but even then it's like i i really that's the one i really can't wrap my head around really as a comedian uh fozzy doesn't do it for you no my my friend used to say that my friend who also had a crush on pete davidson did used to say (laughs) the pete the fozzy bear to pete davidson uh, you know pipeline is is (laughs) alive and well but i do not agree with any of those things i can't i can't come with you guys (laughs) but all love all love who's the silent scientist guy oh uh beaker beaker no not beaker sorry who's the green guy dr honeydew yeah that's my that's that's probably the guy i'm going for oh i get that yeah that i get that too either that or one of the the rock star guy you know the guy in the band yeah dr teeth yep yeah (laughs) except he looks kind of old yeah, you want like I don't know what his name is, but he's like the blue guy in Doctor Teeth's band. Yeah, that's like the saxophonist, the one, the one who looks vaguely like a blue Carlos Santana. There you go. Re- and representation is so important. So yeah. we need like Latinx uh, Muppets as much as possible. Okay, so oh. Muppets not horny, folks. No, up, but but just like the tunes, a lot of interspecies dating. So a lot of interspecies dating, mm-hmm. a lot of times, yeah. All right. Well, this I think we cleared up a lot. There. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. We got we got a lot more information than anyone wanted. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, uh, interesting dating scenarios, we got one more scene in here, and this is when Eddie is hanging out in the alleyway, and he sees. Marvin Acme, now with a hat on that matches his suit. Yeah, yeah. Annie clothing commentary here. <laughs> like, I, that was the first thing I said was just like, oh, God. Like, when we see the full look from head to toe, because it initially you, we just see him basically from like the waist up, and you can see his god awful plaid suit that doesn't fit well. But it, this, we see the full shot, and he has equally horrifying shoes <laughs> and this freaking straw hat and like i don't know what time of year it is and i get that like in old timey things we're supposed to believe everyone wore a hat all the time under every single circumstance for whatever reason mm-hmm. i don't know um but it's a straw hat like is it that t- it doesn't feel like it's that time of year everyone's wearing coats like a That's straw a hat like like he's gonna just run off to barbershop quartet practice after <laughs> maybe that's what he's got going on it's that kind of hat it's like the like oh hello my baby hat it's the you know like flat wide brim i don't know what the hat's called but it's yeah it's awful 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not great. He just gets worse and worse the more he exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Especially, boy, I, I can't wait to hear how y'all discuss the next three minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be real, real comfortable three minutes Rough. to talk about. <laughs> he goes into Jessica's place and Eddie starts to go closer to the door. Eddie knew the right place to be. And Eddie goes over to the door to have a look inside. That shows the brilliance of Eddie because we just saw the scene where he's clearly not watching Acme skulk off, but he has eyes in the back of his head or like spidey senses. Like he still knew how to follow him despite being eye bonered by <laughs> Jessica. Yeah. Maybe. How did he beat Marvin Acme over to the door? Marvin Acme had to go stop to go to the bathroom or something, right? Like, <laughs> or like Betty Boop was like, "Oh, you get into the dressing room. Here's a hole," and she just like pulls a hole out of her purse and like smacks it on the on the side of the wall, and he just goes right to it. I mean, Marvin Acme had a lot of things to pack up. Uh, he pulls those flowers out of somewhere. He has a hat now. Mm-hmm. He had to put his cologne away mm-hmm. uh, and all of his gags. So, I don't know, maybe he had to stop by the coat check because we didn't see these flowers or anything at the table. And we do see the flowers when he's, we do see them when he's walking away in that scene. But uh, he's also, I mean, he's like old and maybe just kind of moving slow. That could be. That could be. Eddie's motivated. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. He's He's got to work for that extra 50 bucks. You, you also hear uh, Marvin's like, just yammering on at jessica and mm. it's so gross this is like a hundred percent his like i'm a nice guy in self speech where he's like you were great darling and oh man it was awesome you were lovely <laughs> skin crawling well yeah. one thing i never noticed before and this goes into the who framed aspect of it the first thing he tells her is you murdered them you absolutely mm. murdered them and i think that's Whoa. on purpose knowing what happens later in the movie. Yeah, that's a really good point. A little bit of foreshadowing there. Mm-hmm. It's now time for everyone's favorite segment of the show. Of course, I'm talking about Friday with Nish. <laughs> it's Friday with Nish. Ooh, what a day. Tell your mother, tell your shrink, tell us, Nish, what do you think? Yeah. This is where we call up our friend Nish and see what he thinks about the next three minutes of the movie. Let's give him a call. Hey, Nish. Oh, hey, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> Not bad. You watched the next three minutes of the movie, you watch minutes 19 through 21. What do you think? I, I like them. They're a little bit slower than the, the past sequences of three minutes. Uh, um, I think uh, Jessica Rabbit's voice is beautiful. Uh, and I was, uh, I was not surprising a, a human, human tune. I don't know if that's the right term. <laughs> yeah, oh I think gosh. that's that's appropriate. Yeah, I yeah. think that is the only way to describe it. 
<laughs> oh, now you're giving me a crisis. Like I didn't even think about the different stratas of tune is there are some that are humanoid and some that are animal and some that are inanimate objects oh yes this is like this is a very uh, (laughs) contentious and recurring point of discussion on this podcast we'll get into it for sure yeah yeah the intersectionality of tunes goes deep (laughs) wow uh so you said you were not surprised that jessica rabbit was was a human too Oh, I was a little bit surprised by that. Okay, okay. I was not surprised that she was, um, like, the entrance and, like, you know, that she's uh, uh, considered attractive in the tune world. That did not... uh, (laughs) That did not shock me because I think there was a little bit of a setup because we've also talked about her her having, like, an affair and, like, you know, and so... So wait, so your stance is that Jessica is attractive in the tune world. I know. I, I think, I feel like there is some, like, very careful, like, woke male <laughs> eggshell <laughs> stepping going on here. No, yeah. There's a very different take than the, this is no green m M&M. <laughs> I know, it was like, her voice was beautiful. I'm like, yeah, her big, bouncy voice was so nice. <laughs> First thing I notice is, oh man, look at the voice on that lady. Uh, they only show one eye, no? The other eye is covered with hair most of the time as she's singing. Mm. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, we'll have to watch it. I, I don't got... know. Maybe she only has one eye. No, uh, not, he's right. Um, I think it's been established she's very attractive in the tune world. <laughs> what about in the niche world? I think in my world, I think, I think she's a tune, and so we'll keep it to that. Okay, so so you're not a you're you're not a like um, an individual who had like formative sexual experiences with cartoons. I mean, sorry, not to get too personal there, Nish. I know, I know, we're only yeah, nineteen like, minutes in here, but yeah, I feel like um, well, they're also like um, kind of. Um, like outside of this movie, there are like animated series which are meant to be, you know, with humanite tunes primarily meant to be uh, kind of more sexual. You mean poor? In terms of characters, plot lines. Um, I was never into it. Yeah. Huh. Okay, that's fair. So, Can't relate, but okay. Uh, <laughs> I can. I, I'm not. I'm not horny for tunes either. Uh, this <laughs> <laughs> general. In general, I mean, I never say never. Yeah, but. never say never. No, don't don't yuck someone else's tune yum, Manny. Let's be fair. Don't I yuck me. someone's tune yum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, I'm gonna keep an open mind on this topic. I've only seen what 21 minutes of the movie, and there's plenty of minutes left, and so I could change my mind. I think. Tunes, tunes could be considered attractive. Nish, you, you just really want to get to know her personality before you figure out whether she's attractive. I want to know if she's in bed with the big corporations. <laughs> All right. Well, at the end of the third minute, we do see Marvin Acme going into her place. What do you think's happening there? Yeah, I think, you know, that's just a thing they're trying to say, like, oh, something's going on. But he's not, I don't think, he's just a guy who's a fan, like he's bringing flowers, he's like, you know, talking all like, you know, trying to, trying to be all sweet to her, but I don't think 
she's got anything going on with him. So I feel like this is a this is like a change of of I don't know. I feel like this is a different direction than you were thinking before because before weren't you were thinking that she has having an affair or something. So is it is it that it's Marvin Acme? You're like there's no way or like what's the Yeah, what I has just, changed uh, your mind. I think the affair is still on. Okay, there could be that two possibilities at this point in the movie. Either an affair is on but not with him. Um and that's just some useless information is going to come out of it which is probably not the case because all three every few minutes there is something good that comes out um, <laughs> so he will learn something but probably not about an affair but there could still be an affair in the next 3 to 6 minutes or there is no affair at all and this is a completely different different sort of a meeting and this is all going in different direction uh You really got um, the bases covered, Nish. Really? Yeah, but that changes a lot of things. If there is no affair, what's what's gonna happen? <laughs> They have to frame um, Roger Rabbit for something, oh. and there has to be motivations <laughs> in the absence of. Um, <laughs> All right. So, where where do you stand right now, Nish? What who do you think framed Roger Rabbit at this point in the movie? I think well, I think the first theory could still be true. Uh, the other thing is that maybe Jessica Rabbit is not a she's a fine person overall and she loves uh, Roger Rabbit. <laughs> When you say fine it what what uh in what way do you mean that I just okay mm-hmm. Sorry go ahead I interrupted your question Oh just which 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 adjective which way do you mean fine do you mean like she's oh. a fine person or she's like a fine person Oh yeah Oh I see Oh yeah I mean like a a decent human being who's not doing a in a in a conspiracy with um to frame Roger Rabbit but i think like she will get played in this scenario where she doesn't know a framing is happening of uh, of roger rabbit still for killing somebody um hmm. i love that awesome. nish is nish is at a full 180 on jessica here one she's no longer having an affair or she's not having an affair with marvin acme at least and she might just be a good lady uh and the only thing that has changed is that we've seen her big bouncing personality. Yeah. This is so hard. This is going so hard at it like they're like this is it. Uh it does go hard. Yeah. Oh. It does. <laughs> it's goes uh, really hard considering it's 1988. Yeah. Mm. So maybe oh, are they going the it's stuff. Okay, you know what? I'm going to given what we know at this point. I think there is not enough information to change uh no not enough new data has come out to change the direction that we were going in. All right, fair. I think we should stay the course uh, and uh, as new 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 findings come out, we can adjust our adjust our uh, adapt. We can adapt to it. I love it. I love your insights, Nish. Yeah, truly. 
um, gold. Any any other specific thoughts for these minutes? Uh, one thing uh, I think is that uh, also was established that humans are attracted to tunes <laughs> in this three minutes, which is like there was a creepy guy. Remember, like by the stage, she's singing and uh, he's he seems like he's very attracted to her. Mm-hmm. And so I think there could be, if there is an affair angle that we're going with uh, in this world, it could be directly with a human. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will establish actually an even better path um, to, to her being involved with a corporation or a studio or to frame uh, Roger Rabbit. So you think it it it's a, a human, but not necessarily Marvin Acme. Yeah, I think he seems such a clown that I don't think you don't think she would go there. Yeah, he just seems. Yeah, right. I mean, she's a very attractive person for a tune. <laughs> 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 she's gonna go for someone. You know, a little, little more attractive for a human. <laughs> Do you think tunes though will have the same taste in men, like a, a cartoon? Yeah, actually, tunes taste is not quite clear because uh, remember the oh, you told me the name of the the tune there, but uh, last time we chatted, the server she's. Uh, she seems to project that Roger Rabbit is very attractive and she's the lucky lucky girl to be um, to be married to him. So I think yeah. maybe Yeah, yeah, that's those are some good points. Um but it's definitely not like the uh uh species is not that important in the human world as in the tune world it seems like. Human uh, world very important. I think for the progress of this movie, I think we have to accept this uh, as a re- and nothing wrong with it, you know. <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. We're not. Uh, we're not saying anything wrong. If, if two consenting uh, tunes yeah. of different species <laughs> hook up, it's totally um, oh, but we are also now saying actual motion picture humans. Would, would I prefer? That? Yeah, would you prefer? Yeah. I would say less. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, that's the correct okay. answer. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us this week, Nish. Very excited to hear what you think about the next three minutes. It was such a fun time chatting on the on these three minutes. And uh, I'll, I'll talk to you all soon. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Nish. Talk all to you right. soon. Doodly doos. Is there anything else for this particular minute? I don't think so. Not really. This was so fun. I had a great time. Thank you yeah. for letting me cover the horniest minutes. Oh my God, of <laughs> course. So far. Well, we should ask though, Amali, because, okay, so my MVP for this minute is very obviously Eddie's boner eyes. Mm. They're yeah. giving a lot. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, and they're impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not his mouth this time, so it's allowed. Uh, but what's your what's yours, Molly? Um, I think I'm going to pick sort of similar to what you picked last time, and I say I think the animation or the filmmaking of 
as soon as Jessica leaves him, the light disappears from the shot and from his face. I think that was something cool that I would have never noticed had I not been analyzing it like this. And I was really appreciative to see that attention to detail. So, yeah, that's it's the light. The light that leaves a man's eyes when <laughs> boobs are when, out of when Jessica <laughs> Rabbit stops yeah. touching you. Yeah, yeah, that's what I pick. Mm, uh, I got to say. Nice job, Bobby Zemeckis. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, you did good. From here, from here on out, that's his. Uh, it's, it's Bobby Zems Bobby and, and Hosky B. That's, <laughs> that's what we're calling him. Right. Uh, so, thank you so much for joining us, Molly. Um, it was awesome having you on. Where can people? check out this is a poor phrasing of the sentence on american people <laughs> you know where we really shine is in the intros and outros where yeah we that's nail it. that's yeah. that's where we hit it yeah, home run every time um well i'm on twitter at serious molly that's s-e-r-i-o-u-s-m-o-l-l-y and then i'm on instagram uh, at Molly fucking Sanchez. I'm kind of in between projects right now, but I love being a podcast guest. So if you're listening and you have a podcast, I'm an absolute, uh, I'm ready to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we would definitely love to have you back here again in this podcast. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. absolutely. This has been Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit. Thanks to Dueling Genre for hosting us and Scott Corelli. Check out all their podcasts on duelinggenre.com and click the link for support. We will see you on Monday for minute 22 of Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit.